Hi, it's Molly. I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Excel Books Podcast. I believe you're in for a treat. So without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Welcome back to the Excel Books Podcast. It's your favorite host, Molly. And on my show, we like to talk about work, family, and life. Thank you for tuning into my channel. New and not so new. You all matter to me. I love you. I appreciate you. Um, so we're going to talk about something different today. So if you've been following along in our last two episodes, we were talking about empty nesters. And today I'm not talking about empty nesters, but I did want to talk about something that kind of connects to empty nesting and kind of connects to things that I've been going through lately. So I don't know about you, but when I think about preparing for empty nesting, I think about my kids learning to drive. And if you've ever you know, raised a teenager or anything like that, you know, that is a very scary thing to do. Um, You've got to teach them all the rules of the road. You've got to teach them how to operate a vehicle. You've got to put them through driver's ed. You've got to get their driving permit. you got to get insurance. You've got to, you know, make sure that you're with them most of the time until they get really comfortable. And then you got to pray that the people around them don't hit your kid for being just dumb drivers. And I don't know about you, but I do not trust anybody on the road. I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, no disrespect if you're listening and you're like, I'm an excellent driver. I'm sure you are. I still am not comfortable. If I don't know you, I don't trust you on the road. And even if I do know you, I'm wary. Um, why? I have many good reasons. So if you've been following in some of the previous episodes, you'll know that my family has suffered not one, but two, uh, actually three accidents where we've been hit by drunk drivers. And these are not the only accidents I've experienced in life. I have experienced accidents by drivers from all the way from childhood, believe it or not. My first time seeing a chiropractor, I think I was seven years old, um, just because of drivers being irresponsible, um, just hitting us left and right. And I don't think my body ever fully recovered the way it should. I think it's getting better. I think it has a lot of areas that it's gotten stronger in, but I have been impacted both physically and mentally and emotionally by car accidents, by reckless, irrational, dangerous, irresponsible drivers. And as I'm getting ready to come into a week where I am going to be dealing specifically with incidents from the two most recent accidents, I noticed something. And so to, to tell you this accurately, I got to give you a tiny story because, you know, I like to tell you about things. So I'm in my car. Well, I'm not even in our car. As you know, we don't have our own car yet. But we're in, you know, thank God my mother-in-law let us borrow her van. We're in my mother-in-law's van. And we're driving back from the pharmacy because I needed medication because I had consumed some gluten and I didn't want to be sick or in pain. So I was like, let me get the right medication to feel better. And as I was in the passenger seat, 
all is well. And then I see on the right of me is a gray car. And then I see, well, actually the gray car was on the left in front of me. And on the right lane was a black car. It looked like a little sports car driving. They were already going, you know, a decent speed, but they were, you could tell they looked like they would hit the gas at any moment. And the gray car, you know, signaled for quite some time. Make sure they were at least two to three car lengths in front of the black car before they moved over. As they're signaling, they move over to the right. And once they got into the lane, maintained speed took off their their blinker, which is typically what you should be doing. The black car, for whatever reason, just didn't want to have a car in front of them. And then at the very last second, sped up to uh, close the gap between those two cars within like two seconds and then zipped over to the left in front of us and then zipped over to the right in front of the gray car. Now, mind you, there were no other cars in either lane. There was no, we weren't anywhere near close to a traffic light. There was no long line in front of them. This was not rush hour. This was not in the middle of a day, you know, trying to go to church. This was not on lunch break. This was not a time of day in which rushing was needed or even typical. This driver decided to rush and speed in front of us. You know, thank God my husband saw it early and decided not to um, speed up and slow down in anticipation. But the fact that this driver did that and zipped in front and caused both of us drivers to be at risk for their recklessness, I got angry. Now, why did I get angry? I got angry because this is not the first time that this kind of driving incident has happened. And I'm like, there has to be something. Something has to, something has to give. There has to be a change. I, I'm tired of sitting in the car, either as a driver or a passenger, and feeling like I am just victim to all these horrendous drivers on the road. I should not have to just sit here and just take it. I feel like I'm being abused every time I'm in a car. I'm being abused just by proximity. And, I'm, and I began a hunt. Now, I know you're like, Molly, what are you hunting for? What could you possibly hunt for in this scenario? I was looking for a way to report drivers that are being dangerous. And I know you're thinking, well, Molly, I don't know if you can technically do that. You know, you got to approve. Well, you're right. And there might still be a way for me to be right, too. So let me let you know what I found. So I was looking up specifically for a mobile app or a website that I could pull up and have with me every time I'm in a car, have it just open and be able to report a driver as I'm driving. And I was like, there has to be something. So I was like, I could do a dash cam app, but I was like, I really want to find out if there's a way to go directly to the DMV, directly to law enforcement, and let them know this driver with this license plate was weaving in and out of traffic, causing, you know, a traffic violation. Can you address this person? Because I want to report them directly to their, their driving record. 
So I found out a couple of things during this research. So for some of you, you may think, oh my gosh, I already knew that. Well, I didn't. So I'm sharing it for those who may not know. Um, And especially if you're raising young drivers, they should know um, what's out there and what can happen. So the first thing I found is that there's a lot of sites out there that are just for venting. And that's not what I was looking for. What do I mean by a venting app? So if you go online and you look up the, uh, you'll see it online. They'll say some of the top three places. And one of the top three places will say bad driver database. That is not a place that reports the incident. It is literally a entertainment only just for you to vent. So you can put pictures up there all you want. You can put things up there like their license plate and where they were and what happened and all of that, but it's not going to impact anything. No legal action will happen. No reports will go through. Um, The driver will not be notified. Um, Nothing will happen as a result. So I did an XMA on the Bad Driver Database A. The other thing I learned is that a lot of these apps that uh, so-called claim to allow you to report a driver really are not driver reporting apps. There are many apps that are for venting and then there are some uh, for you to report different aspects of like the traffic area, meaning if you notice there's a pothole in the road or you notice that there's a traffic light that's not working or you know you notice that the turn signal isn't working or you know whatever it is that you notice that could impact several drivers that's what you can use these apps for but they are not for reporting the individual driver and so i did some more research i said okay i'm glad that there's a way for me to say hey the road itself is no longer safe but I want to report the person. I want someone in authority to see it. Now, let me let me give a disclaimer before I get into a website that I did find um, that helped me with this. All right, so first of all, before you report a driver, there's a couple things you gotta know. So number one, know that you are not in control of other people. And I'm saying this lovingly because I know you're listening and you're like, Molly, that doesn't sound very nice. I have crazy drivers all around me and I want to do something about it. And it just shouldn't happen that way. I get it. I get it. But I want to be real with you, you know, like a big sister to to you. I want to tell you the truth and not, you know, not blow smoke up your, you know, your hindquarters. So you don't have control over the the law enforcement and you don't have control over the other driver. And I know that is a painful truth, but it is a truth that you must accept before you report the driver. Now, why do I say that? Because one thing I've noticed, even on these entertainment venting sites about driving, people are upset because they thought, well, I reported and reported and reported and nothing happened. And if you read these sites, even the ones that are legitimate, they'll tell you there's no guarantee of what action will be taken. For all they know, that thing could have been reported and maybe that person stopped driving that vehicle for a couple months. We don't know. Maybe it was reported and nothing else ever happened with that driver. So there's no need to go report them. I do not know. Um, Say the law enforcement did find them. 
and wrote them a citation or something. If the person had the money to pay it off, they pay it off, but that doesn't mean they're going to stop their behavior. You can't make someone stop their behavior, even with a consequence. People stop behaviors because they choose to, of their own accord. And I say this, (laughs) ah, and I, I don't mean to get dark with you on this, but this is only, this is the first way that I can think of to explain it because it's so prevalent in my life. Um, as someone who has been abused many, many times, as someone who's experienced sexual abuse and physical abuse and mental abuse, just about every kind of abuse you can think of, I have experienced it. I can tell you that perpetrators don't stop perpetrating because of consequences. If that were the case, there shouldn't be a single pedophile in the world. There shouldn't be a single rapist in the world anymore. They should all be behind bars. Why? Because there's consequences. There's locked in prison. There's, um, you know, with chance of no parole, no bail. There's um, there's the, the violence that happens there. There's being arrested. There's losing your ability to ever get a decent job. There's uh, being denied every opportunity to apply for a job. You can't get a home. You, there's so many things that come at the cost of being imprisoned, but yet people still commit the crime. And the key, the, the, the key ingredient to all of it is they're like, why do they keep doing this? I've done this, but they keep doing this action. I've reported this, but they keep doing that. I've told the police, but they keep doing that. The key word, if you haven't noticed, is they. They have the choice to do what they want to do. So I say that to you very lovingly is you've got to find your inner peace with whatever the results are. So that's part two of this. Um, so first, you got to realize that you can't control anybody else. And two, you've got to find peace with whatever is done or not done. I think about it kind of like um, the day that I reported my perpetrator. I reported one. And I reported one, went to the law enforcement office, filed the report, you know, did everything, did my testimony, had everything submitted. And I thought, great, now I've done everything I'm supposed to do. And in the minds of many people that knew of my story, they had this anticipation of, you're going to get justice. Someone's going to go get that guy. Someone's going to punish him. He can't get away with that. Now, I'm not saying I don't believe God, because I do. But the program I was in had taught me very clearly that there is no guarantee that you're going to get the justice that you seek. Because you can't control the other person. You can't... A lot of law enforcement are... The rules, and and I put this very gently. Now, for my audience, this is outside of America... Um, I apologize, I don't know the rules in your country, but I'm telling you this based off of American rules. The most of it is that the rules are not made for the victim. They're made for the person committing the crime. They're really not made for justice. I mean, if you think about it, how many times do we see people who've clearly violated moral codes and harmed people and and stolen and stuff, and yet they get off scot-free. They get off with a, a fine, and 
you know, they still get to live their life. Look at Martha Stewart, uh, still on TV, magazines, and making insane money for no good reason. Should not be allowed to do that after what happened. But they are. How many people have we seen where they were accused of um, abusing somebody and yet they still get to make music, still get to be on billboards, still making millions of dollars, still living in their million dollar house, still able to send their kids off to college. Like, I'm not saying that there aren't any laws that are just. I'm not saying that there aren't any laws that actually help victims. But what I am saying is you have to have a very, um, you've got to guard your heart when it comes to matters of legal affairs. Because if you don't guard it, you can get very offended very quickly, lose peace and gain stress, all because you're hoping that the other person does something you want them to do, and you have no way of making them do that. You have to be at peace. I like, um, I think it was Apostle Paul that said it, and he said, I have learned in all situations and all circumstances to be content. And I really try to live by that. And why, why is it important to be content? Because no one else can give me peace but me. And no one can give you peace but you. And I know this is a segue, but I want to touch on this because I really, really don't want you to be like the person that's in the car seeing a bad driver and flipping out and losing your mind. We don't want road rage. We want you to be at peace. As believers, you've got to remind yourself that the only person who can really give you justice is Jesus. And he's going to do it even in his own way and his own timing. You can't control anyone but yourself. You have your own will. And when I say, you know, even if the thing happens, even if the justice happens, it's not going to change how you have peace. Um, And I don't know a lot of people myself, but I know I've met folks who have tons of money and are miserable, just miserable. I've seen people get divorced that have like five houses. I'm like, how many houses do you have? And how many cars? You make what a year? I mean, a hundred grand a year is nothing for them. A hundred grand a year, I mean, that's something they use. These are people who can vacation to Puerto Rico whenever they feel like it and and take trips to Europe. And they're like, yeah, I just work in this country for three, four weeks. It's nothing for them. These are people who have, when they say they have a vacation home, their vacation home is a five-bedroom, three-bath two-car garage with a pool, jacuzzi, all this stuff. That's their vacation home. And yet they get divorces. Yet they have um, unhappiness. I've seen people who don't have marriages and have that kind of money, and they're still miserable. The thing is not what gives you joy. The prosperity is not what gives you joy. Heck, I have seen people who their perpetrator's been locked up, and they are still miserable. They are still fighting to reclaim their lives today because the sentence is not what gave them peace. They have to settle that for themselves. They have to choose to be content. You have to choose to believe that you're safe and choose to believe that God has your back and choose to believe that whether you get justice on the earth or in heaven, you're going to be okay. You have to think that same way when it comes to reckless drivers. All right, let me get off the soapbox of that. Um, 
the last thing I will say before I tell you where I did find a website is, how can I put it? You have to be realistic with yourself. Be realistic about what you can actually accomplish. And what do I mean by that? And you're like, Molly, I'm not the one driving like this. What do you mean I have to be realistic? I didn't do anything. I get it. But you have to be realistic in the sense of, okay, even if I have a dash cam, right? Say you have a dash cam on your car, you've got a mobile app on your phone, you've trained everyone in the the household to use the app so that if you're driving, they can catch them and everything. But you can't catch every single driver. You cannot. Not even the police can catch every single criminal. It's not possible. There's not enough manpower. There's too many places to hide. There's too many unjust people in the world for every single crook to be brought to justice. And I don't say this as a discouragement. I'm saying this to be honest and realistic with you. Because think about it. If you're a passenger in the car, say I told my husband today and say, I'm going to always be the passenger from this point forward. And I am going to report every single driver that I see. And I am going to uh, tell on them and put their license plate in there and let them know this person was bobbing and weaving. Great. But I still can't catch everybody. What if while I'm recording one reckless driver, another one zips past me? I'm sure you've been in those scenarios before where you're in the car and you have not one, not two, but three drivers. They're all tailgating each other because they all think it's a speed racer game in real life. And so all of a sudden you're driving and you hear zoom and there's like three cars that just zip past you with motorcycles on top of that. You hear people slamming on brakes trying to avoid it. And you caught one driver, but you didn't catch the other three. Then what? Can you find contentness then? Can you accept that reporting one is enough for now? And I'm I'm giving you these rhetorical questions to ask yourself. Because it's going to happen. I've seen it time and time again with so many scenarios, especially in driving. Where... You think you caught one and then it's more than one person. You think you saw who it was that did it, but it was really someone else. You know, there was an accident I was in in Jacksonville, Florida, that really um, explained to me how you really don't know the cause of something unless you are the person on the outside who witnessed it all, unless you're the cop that actually got all the details. And I say that because I was in an accident literally not even a hundred yards from my job, like from the door of my job. Like I was literally at the traffic light waiting to turn to get to work. And I got rear-ended so hard that I got pushed into the car in front of me. And in my mind, this was a cut and dry case. The car behind me did it, but it wasn't the car behind me. It was the car behind the car that was behind me. And what had happened was this person was drunk early in the morning, was not paying attention, was slammed on the gas, rammed straight into that car. That car was hit so hard that they pushed into me and then I pushed into another person. And so I got to be rolled in with a hurt foot and, you know, all this stuff, you know, because... 
of someone two cars behind me that I didn't even see. I could describe the car in front of me. I could describe the car behind me, but I can't see two, three cars behind me on my own. There's only so much you can see in your rearview mirror. You have to trust that God is looking through the entire windshield and that he knows all the details. So I say that to say, even with whatever links you find, give yourself realistic expectations and don't think you're going to be super, you know, citizen cop of the year and (laughs) report everybody. You do what you can. You have peace and, and, and go from there and trust that God will give you justice. All right. Now, let me get into where I found some things. So I will say this about websites because I found maybe one for North Carolina and I've noticed that every state and every city differs. All right. So I'm going to start with the one that I found for North Carolina. And this particular site is not a quote unquote civilian um, reckless driving website. The website that I found was ncadmin.gov. And I'm going to put that in the description of today's episode as well. So if you're like, Molly, you left out a few letters in the recording. It's okay. It's in the description of the, of the recording. Now, let me talk about that site and why it differs and why everyone else has different sites. So on a nutshell, there is no website, there's no single place in the United States to report reckless drivers. There is no single site. It does not exist. If I go to Charlotte, there's an app. If I go to Raleigh, there's an app for that city. If I go to certain parts of Texas, there's an app for that. Um, there are some states where they don't even entertain it. You won't see that in New York. Um, you know, there's some places that say, go to the 311. Um, there's other places that say, we don't have that. Go to 911. There's so many different locations to go to. And of the ones that I found, most of the sites are for state government vehicles. So this is why you've noticed on the back of like maybe a big truck or a company van or something, you'll see these little stickers that say, how's my driving? And they have you call a certain number and use a little code or whatever. And that is so that you can report their driving. But I will tell you this, the ones that are doing the driving are not the state vehicles. They're the civilians. And there is no how's my driving for non-state drivers. There just isn't. So I will first say this, to find the best thing for your area, I highly recommend Googling um, report reckless drivers in your specific city. And I say that because when I looked it up just for my city and my state, I got links everywhere, but they were not all geared towards my particular area. So in the description, I'm going to be putting the link to what I found for Raleigh. I found one for Charlotte. And I want to say I found one for Greensboro, I think it was. And then the one that you can report for the state. Now, I'm not going to list every single state there is, but I am going to list those things. Um, And hopefully that will give you, you know, some help as far as figuring out what to do. Um... Now, I'm going to end today's recording by giving you a few don'ts, 
I know you're like, oh my gosh, Molly, didn't you just give me don'ts earlier? You told me to be, you know, make uh, rational d- decisions and not go overboard thinking I can report everybody and you said all this other stuff and now you're going to give me don'ts. I am, I am, I am. It's because I love you because I care. All right, so <laughs> let me give you some don'ts. All right, so number one, do not argue with the driver. I'm talking to you, angry driver behind the wheel. I'm talking to you, Miss Road Rage. I'm talking to you, Mr. Mr. Big Tires. I'm talking to you. Um, and do not yell at the reckless driver. Um, the last thing you want to do, and I forget what it was. Um, I know what it was. And I think I mentioned this episodes ago. If you have not seen this TV show, this movie, you need to see it. It's called Unhinged. It will explain everything that I'm telling you about why you don't want to pop off at the mouth at a reckless driver because you don't know who that person is. You don't know what their background is, what their their skill set is. You could be popping off at somebody who has expert shooting skills. It could be someone who's kidnapped people before. You have no idea who you're dealing with. You could be dealing with somebody who's a bodybuilder who's got tons of strength and could knock people out in seconds you don't know you don't know um and I don't say that to say you know to think that you're weak or anything I'm not saying that at all what I am saying is you don't know who you're up against and everybody has someone that's stronger than them I don't care how much you bench press there's always somebody who can beat you at something and you don't want to be victim to that um so what do I mean If you are the driver and you've got your little dash cam on the dash and your phone app ready and you see somebody bobbing and weaving, do not chase them. Do not tailgate the driver. Don't pull up next to them in the driving lane just to fuss at them. Don't hop out of the car and try to instigate. The last thing you want to do is that. Number one, it makes it look like you're the problem. And I know that it's not your fault. And I know you're thinking, but I didn't do anything. And you're right. But you got to think about it. It's no different than if you see a crime of somebody stealing at a grocery store. And you see someone just running behind that other driver. And they're chasing them down, trying to get them because they stole. But now it looks like you're the weird one. They're more concerned about you, although you're doing it for justice, than they are about the person who committed the crime. Why? Because they're like, why are you chasing them? Why are you fussing? Why are you being violent? This person isn't even being violent, but you are. You know, it's that, you know, your behavior can sometimes take you places you don't want to go. So don't fuss at the other driver like that. Um, Let me say this about dangerous drivers. If you are the person who is a victim of a dangerous driver who's following behind you, So I don't mean, you know, you're driving and they're zipping around you or speeding past you or, you know, those kind of things. I'm talking about someone's behind you and they're riding your tail and they are like practically on your bumper and you're like, dear God, if they get any closer, I'm going to have to go to the, the repair shop. I'm talking about those drivers. I'm talking about the one that is blowing their horn at you, that's beeping, that's cursing, that's calling you everything but a child of God. Do not make eye contact with that driver. 
And these are things that I've just read on as far as things you shouldn't do. These are not things that are law. You can, by all means, please do your own research. Everything I tell you is from my own uh, experience and my own little bit of knowledge in life. But don't make eye contact with that driver. Why? Because that may be exactly what you need, what they need to actually get out and start doing something or just for them to do something worse. Um, again, watch the movie Unhinged. Um, you need to see it. It explains it well. But I remember how, you know, someone, you know, this all started because someone couldn't close their mouth. That's really what it was. They were impatient. They were in a rush. They decided to pop off at the mouth, yelling at this person. The person even tried and was like, hey, I'm sorry. I'm having a rough day. Didn't mean to inconvenience you. They're like, no, you did inconvenience me. And they just kept popping off thinking they're not going to do nothing. They're going to get a piece of my mind. And that piece of my mind and that eye contact they made caused their entire family to be endangered for the next 24 hours. Like, you don't want to do that. Um, as someone who knows what it's like to have a perpetrator, who knows what it's like to have a violent enemy, I can tell you that normally when you make eye contact, that's when they feel the need to show their strength more. I can't explain why, because I'm not that kind of person. But I can tell you that more than once, I have seen people who have harmed me, the minute I look at them, that's when I get slapped. That's when I get punched. That's when I get beaten. That's when I get attacked. Is when I make eye contact with that person as if in my eyes I'm showing a hidden defiance of, I'm looking at you. But believe you me, if I had the strength, I'd take you down. Like, they can read your eyes. I, don't believe the hype. You hear all these little songs about, you know, if your eyes could tell me and, you know, your eyes are so blue and I don't know what they mean. No, don't believe these little musical songs. Um, people can tell what you're thinking and what you're feeling behind your eyes. You can tell someone's looking at you with malice versus love versus peace versus understanding versus uh, disagreement. You can tell from their eyes. Their body language tells you everything. And looking at another driver who is deliberately trying to harm you in the eyes is like saying, bring it. And you may not be thinking, you may be thinking, that is not what I'm trying to do. It may not be what you want, but it is what you're doing subconsciously don't eyeball the other driver remain calm I will say this last part of things not to do now I did not know you couldn't do this until I looked it up okay so I'm telling you this for your own hopefully it'll save you one day now as you know dash cams are all the rave right now everybody has a dash cam your grandma has a dash cam you got dash cams and that old hoopty that barely can roll down the road, but you got a dash cam on it. Um, and if you're listening and you're like, what is a dash cam? It is a camera that sticks to the dashboard of your car and records everything that it sees from the front of that car, whatever direction you have the camera facing. Um, a lot of people who do Uber and uh, Lyft and rideshare services have a dash cam pointing to the inside so that they can record what those passengers are doing so that they can behave, lack of a better phrase. So they're not in there fussing them out, doing whatever, saying all kinds of things like it's a cam so they can say, hey, I have proof of what you did. Now, I will say this. 
There are many states with websites for reckless drivers, and they will let you know you are not allowed to use the dash cam recording against a driver. The only time you could possibly be able to use that is, God forbid, if you're in an accident. So if you're in an accident and the dash cam recorded it, you could use that and give that to your lawyer. Say, hey, lawyer, here, this is what happened. That could be very powerful in a case. But as far as a reckless driver, because you're just not happy with how they bobbed and weaved and sped out in front of you, yeah, you can't use a dash cam for that. No one was harmed. Were you disturbed? Yes. Were you put in danger? Yeah, probably. Was it uncomfortable? Absolutely. But did they actually harm you? No. And I'm telling you that so you don't get frustrated one day and say, but I've got it on camera. They bobbed and weaved in between seven cars in less than two minutes. Okay, but you still can't use that recording against them. Now, check your state. I say check your state because every state is different. So I know in North Carolina, I cannot do that. But in your state, you may be allowed. So know the facts. Go to your state DMV website and you will learn a lot of how you can report things, what holds up in court, what does not. Um, I want to encourage you. I will be using the uh, app for the NC uh, state drivers. It doesn't have anywhere for me to indicate if it is a state driver or not. So I'm going to use it for things that aren't state drivers and see if maybe they point me in the right direction. If they do, I will let you guys know. Um, Until then, I'm hoping that you all are safe. I'm praying that you all stay safe on the roads, that no hurt, harm, or danger comes near you, that you're surrounded by good, decent drivers and people that do not put you in harm's way, um, that favor walks before you, and that you would have peace of mind regardless of what um, automobile situation you find yourself in. Until next time, take care and be blessed. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Excel Books Podcast with Molly. You can find more helpful resources and services at xclbooks.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please send us a message at xelbooks.com or email xelbooks at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again next time for more tips on work, family, and life.